Hello, this is Deb Somerville. I'm a partner in the New York office of Fox Rothschild and a member of the firm's IP department. Today's podcast will be of interest not only to those in the business, but also to those looking to transition to a career in patent law. More particularly, we are pleased to bring you an engaging discussion on career paths leading from the lab bench to the law firm. In this podcast, Fox partner Mike Glenn speaks with former and current Fox patent agents, including senior patent agent Michael Matoni, law clerk Linda Foyt, and associate Joe Chen, all of whom have taken their PhDs into a challenging and rewarding career in patent law. Mike Glenn is a partner in our New York office who holds a PhD in human genetics and focuses in practice on IP rights, primarily in the biotech, pharma, and medical device industries. Michael Matoni is a senior patent agent in our Boston office with over 15 years of experience and a PhD in materials engineering. Linda Foyt is a patent agent and law clerk in our New York office who holds a PhD in physical chemistry is currently attending the Fordham Law School evening program and will be graduating very soon in May 2023. Joe Chen is a former Fox patent agent who attended law school at night and is now an associate in our Princeton office. He holds a PhD in molecular biology, biochemistry, and structural biology. Good morning. I am Michael Glenn, and I'm joined today by through my Associates here at Fox Rothschild for Pat Agents, Michael Matoni, Joe Chen, and Linda Foyt. Why don't you guys take a moment to introduce yourselves, and why don't we start with you, Michael? Sure. As Michael said, I'm Michael Matoni. I'm a patent agent. I've been practicing for about 17 years in the high-tech space, dealing mostly with software, computer-implemented inventions, and optics and electronics. I'll pass it over to Joe then. Hi, everyone. My name is Joe. I was previously a patent agent and recently became an associate of Fox Rothschild. I have an advanced degree in biology, chemistry, and computer sciences. I was scientist by training. Before I joined Fox Rothschild, I was a scientist in a pharmaceutical company doing research and discovery. So after my company was acquired by Bigger Pharma, I decided to change my career to intellectual property law. So. When I joined Fox Rothschild, I also started my law school and recently became an associate of Fox Rothschild. Hi, everybody. I'm Linda Foyd. I'm a patent agent at Fox. I've been here for about five years. I handle everything life sciences. My background is in biotechnology, physical chemistry, and I also do two postdocs in biophysics and cancer immunology, nanotechnology. My practice is very prosecution-focused, but I also do a lot of due diligence work, freedom to operate, licensing agreement, um, things like that. And I'm also in my last year at Fordham, where I'm an evening student, and I will be an associate with Fox starting next year. Great. So let's talk for just a second about what a patent agent is for people who are listening and may not be familiar with that. Patent agents have a technical background, like all of us, usually a degree in science, a bachelor's or a master's or even a PhD. They're not attorneys, but they've taken the patent bar exam and they're registered to practice before the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. So these are scientists, people who have a background in education in science, who then take and pass the patent bar and are able to practice in front of the patent office to help inventors get patents issued and to protect their inventions. First off, 
let's talk a little bit about what patent agents do. Maybe, Joe, you can talk a little bit about what are your day-to-day responsibilities as a patent agent, and not to the extent there's any difference, but we'll speak to that. And of course, Michael and Linda, any additional responsibilities or day-to-day things, then feel free to add that. Sure. One of the main part of my work as a patent agent is the patent prosecution. Patent prosecution really means how to convert the inventive idea of the inventors into a patent. So we're also dealing with sort of communication between inventor and also the USPTO is U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And so when we talk to inventors, they have some new ideas, then we help them draft a patent application. So during the process, the USPTO may raise rejection for whatever reason. Then we help the inventor to argue against those rejections, hopefully eventually to obtain a patent for them. I can provide some additional comments. So when I was starting out and looking at different career paths I wanted to explore, I was really interested in kind of what people were doing on a practical level day to day. So I just wanted to provide some context in regard to that. So there's a lot of reading and there's a lot of writing. In terms of reading, we do read a lot of patent documents, patent applications and issued patents, a lot of scientific documents that it be scientific papers or invention disclosures that are coming from, from inventors. If you move more into the licensing space, there might be licensing agreements as well. But certainly a big part of my day involves reading documents. There's also a lot of writing. We write a lot of emails. We write instructions to foreign agents. So what usually happens is that an inventor decides or a company decides they would like to pursue patent protection not only in the U.S., but also abroad. So we essentially coordinate the worldwide prosecution with all the foreign agents that then file the responses with the respective patent offices and make sure that there is a consistent global patent strategy applied to the client's portfolio. So we write a lot of emails to foreign agents instructing them how to respond to office actions. There's a lot of emails to clients explaining the strategy. There's a lot of writing of patent applications per se, of course. Those are very long documents at times, particularly in the life science space. And then there's also quite a number of meetings. But I feel like overall, as compared to other careers, it's a lot of doing. I feel like in business, people are more frequently sitting around a table and throwing out ideas, strategies. But I do find myself sitting at a computer quite often and doing actual work that is very intellectual stimulating rather than just thinking about broad concepts. Let me just add in on what my other colleagues had said. There's also a fair degree of, especially when you get more senior, of management duties. So you could be overseeing a portfolio, as Linda had said, but in addition to the strict filings that you're doing, you're also coordinating things, looking at dates, making sure nothing slips through the cracks, making sure that feedback is either going out or being received in a timely manner. If you're a more senior person, you could be supervising the work of more junior people, alternatively managing it on behalf of one or more partners. So again, there's, in addition to to the client interaction and filings and document preparation, there can also be this kind of managerial aspect as well. Especially as you become more senior. Absolutely. Let's talk a bit, now that we've talked about what patent agents are and what they do, how did you decide to become a patent agent and what were you before? What were you doing before you decided to become a patent agent and what influenced your decision to become a patent agent and beyond? Why the change? from, say, science to, if that's what you did, to a patent practice. Linda, why don't you start? 
I think I actually remember the exact moment, which was in the summer of 2005. And at that time, I was getting my master's degree in biotechnology at the University of Münster in Germany. And as part of that program, I participated in a certificate program in intellectual property. So I took a bunch of classes with law school students, and I was the only science student in the whole class. And one of the classes was a seminar class, and we had to write a paper on a topic of choice. And I wrote mine on IP protection of biotechnological inventions, for example, gene therapy. And at the end of the semester, there was a presentation, a really nice old building, old castle. And as I was giving my presentation about transgenic mice and how useful they are, and I really noticed the audience was getting really excited. That's something that could be made money off. The biotech industry was booming, and it was all great and fun. But then I realized that actually nobody knew what a transgenic mouse was, although everybody in the room, the lawyers, were very excited about it. And so that's kind of the first time I think I realized that there needs to be people that can talk science and law at the same time and can be that bridge. So a long time has passed, actually, since then I moved to the States. I did my PhD. I did two postdocs. But I ventured back into the IP field when I participated in an internship program at the Tech Transfer Office at Northwestern University. And then I realized, oh, I really like this stuff. I remembered my days writing about patentability of biotech inventions. And that's when I decided I wanted to move into technology transfer. And from there, I joined the Ludwig Institute for Cancer Research, which is headquartered in Switzerland, but the kind of tech transfer portion of it is in New York. And they have research centers all over the country. And at that point, I was working essentially in-house for this research institute. And a part of it was working on their patent portfolio. And Fox was one of the law firms they were working with at the time. So I got to know the Fox team. And I really liked the people. I thought everybody was really smart. So at some point, I decided of all of the things you can do in a technology transfer office, I like the nitty-gritty of the patent prosecution the best. And that's when I decided to take the patent bar. And that's when I decided I want to work at a law firm. And Fox was pretty much the obvious choice for me at that point. Joe, what influenced your decision to become a patent agent? Sure. So I was actually interested in IP-related issue and IP law long time ago. When I was in graduate school, uh, studying biology, PhD, I already started like auditing like patent or copyright courses at law school. But I didn't went to law school right away. Then I went to pharmaceutical industry, working there for several years. During that time, actually, I took and passed the patent bar. And also at that time, I want to prepare myself to enter into IP like a career. So I also went to the school to get a master's degree in computer science. So when time comes, I need to make a decision whether or not I need to switch career. IP become a pretty easy choice because I pretty much already prepared for it. And also, I think IP is a very unique and really good combination of the science and laws. And unlike other type of career change, you may need to waste your knowledge and experience you build up in the previous career, but switch to IP, you don't waste that. You actually can take advantage of the other science, technology, and experience you build up in the previous career. And another reason is that really fit my sort of personality. I like all kinds of stuff. I don't want to be limited to only one thing. Even though I have 10 plus years 
experience in academia and industry kind of setting, you know, what I do and it's pretty specialized, right? You focus on certain area of biology or drug in discovery for many years, but I really like to be exposed to other stuff, all the other cutting-edge technologies. I found that IP is a perfect fit for me because every day I actually exposed to all cutting-edge technology that make me really excited. Yeah, I totally agree. When I was a scientist, I had no intention of becoming a patent attorney. I knew it was an option because my father was a patent attorney, but I wasn't planning on following in his footsteps. I ended up doing so, but that is one of the great parts of the gig, being yeah. able to, uh, to dig into so many aspects of science every day. It's something new, and so if you like science, man, it's a great gig. Michael, what made you decide to become a patent agent? Well, when I was in graduate school, I came to the late realization that I enjoyed learning more about the science than actually doing it. And once I came to that realization, I started looking for alternative careers other than academia or research, which is typically when you get a PhD, is what you get tracked into. I started looking around for various options, fell upon intellectual property law, did an internship at the tech transfer office at my graduate institution, decided that this seemed pretty interesting, and started putting out feelers and was able to get a job at a boutique and have been doing it ever since. Yeah, awesome. We touched on this a bit, I think Joe just did, about what you like about doing patent agent associate work and intellectual property, being exposed to so many different aspects of science and projects and inventions all the time. So you're constantly learning new things in science which I think is great. What else do you like about working in IP and being a patent agent? Michael, why don't you go? It's certainly never boring. You're always dealing with, as you said, new and interesting technologies. Sometimes you're dealing directly with the inventors. What I oftentimes find the most interesting part is you would think that, and sometimes it is, that an invention is fully formed when it comes to you, but sometimes it requires at least to meet the patent requirements, you have to work with the inventors a little bit more to dig in and really get at the inventive nugget that is going to allow you to prepare a really exceptional patent application. It's that interesting challenge of kind of taking this unpolished gem of an idea that the inventors come to you with and working on it with them to really suss out the key aspects and really transform it into something that's going to be some good IP for them or for their company. So that's one of the things that I find most challenging and most interesting about the process. Totally agree. Anything to add, Linda or Joe? Yeah, I want to mention that I find very rewarding to help small business to build up their IP portfolio. There are many small companies I work with. They don't have any patent before. They come to us and seek for advice. So we help them build a big IP portfolio from the scratch. And I, I found that is very rewarding. Eventually they can increase the value of the company, help the business to grow. Another aspect is I also work with many inventors and some of them don't have a company yet. They're just uh, solo inventors. So I was always impressed by how creative they are and how hard they work to achieve their dreams. I always feel good to be part of their dreams, help them achieve their dreams. Yeah, I, I very much agree. I think out of all of the areas of the law, I think patent prosecution specifically is really a happy place. People come to you with an idea they're really excited about. They have maybe a drug they want to move to market that's going to help patients, or they have invented something else that's new and exciting. So 
overall, there was a lot of positivity. You know, of course, there's patent litigation, people sue each other. But for the patent prosecution aspect, I feel like everybody is working towards a positive goal. And so I think that's it's nice to be a part of that. I agree. So having come up as a technical advisor prior to being in law school, I've always enjoyed the back and forth with the patent office. So you have drafted your patent and you've worked with the inventors, which is all super interesting, and you've learned about the technology, and now it's in front of the patent office and they're making their determinations whether they think invention is patent-worthy or not, whether it's new and not obvious, for example. And I'd like that back and forth with the patent office also, where they may say, no, it's not patent-worthy, and you get to argue with them in a way that has to be congenial and present to the office why this invention is patent-worthy and what makes it worthwhile and new. And I've always enjoyed that aspect, too. So it's a cool gig. It's really interesting. And it moves quicker, I've found, than science did. Michael, one other thing, it's a very interesting and unique style of writing patent application because it needs to be technically accurate, but it also has this legal requirement where we're trying to describe the boundaries of something that may not always be apparent at first, but we have to do that according to the patent office rules. But in addition to that, we have multiple audiences that we're writing for. We're writing for, obviously, the inventors whose work we're representing, but then we have to write with the patent examiner in mind. And then also, if a patent grants from this application and is ever litigated, patent litigation is a jury trial. We need to also be able to write so that someone who's not necessarily strictly technically knowledgeable in this field can still understand what's going on. So we have these multiple audiences that we're drafting the applications for, which, like I said, makes it for a very interesting and unique challenge in, in terms of technical writing. Yes, no, that's great. That does make it compelling. It's not just scientific writing. There's that legal aspect that needs to be well done also because it is also a legal document. So that is a really interesting kind of juxtaposition when it comes to drafting, absolutely. Let's briefly touch on what qualities do you think help someone be successful as a patent agent? And Linda, why don't you start? So I think the biggest requirement is attention to detail. When you read something and you're like, huh, that's bad, but I'm sure it's going to be fine. That's definitely the wrong attitude to have as a patent agent because that usually means that something has gone wrong and needs further investigation. So really focusing on the details and being proactive about it too, not necessarily making assumption and just really double checking that everything is in order because those patents are very important for our clients, particularly if you have a drug on the market and it will be litigated, you want to make sure that the client has the best possible patent that they can have. So it's really important to get all the ducks in a row, dot all the I's, how you say, really early on and make sure that no detail goes past you. So I think that's a very important quality. The next one I would say is curiosity, and that's where a lot of scientists have really an advantage already. As Michael said, when you're drafting patent applications, you might get an invention disclosure from an inventor, and that has the bare bones of what they think they have invented. But then you talk to them about it and ask questions. Oh, could you use this for this that, for, as well? Or what about this other application? And so you work with the inventor to, again, draft the best patent application that they could possibly have. And you have to, you always want to ask 
questions that helps you with learning as well and getting up to speed. So one of the things I think that Stocks is really great at is obviously you come in with your scientific knowledge. That's a given. You have to be able to understand the science. But then Stocks provides a lot of training for the legal aspect. So we have something that's called the IP Academy. And there is a class essentially, I think it's about once a month. It talks about patent litigation, you know, foreign prosecution. There's also some sessions about copyright and trademarks. So it's really geared towards providing patent agents and young associates with that specific legal knowledge that they will need in prosecution. And of course, they'll learn this on the job as well, but that's a more structural way of getting there. So curiosity and attention to detail, I think those are the top two I would list here. I would add one other thing. And of course, some of this comes with experience and training, but recognizing that we're advocates for our clients. Someone, strictly speaking, can represent themselves as an individual or an applicant before the patent office, but they come to us for the expertise that we bring to the table. And that specifically involves anticipating potential hurdles that a patent application might encounter. And when we're drafting that patent application, recognize those and already start to craft our way around those things so that we can get the best patent protection that we can. So again, I think that's also a kind of a key aspect of what we bring to the table and why working with a law firm, a patent agent, a patent attorney can oftentimes be advantageous as opposed to just going it alone, which you certainly can. And I'm not saying that you can't do that, but it's certainly a valuable thing. doable, I agree. But wow, wow. With all the different pitfalls that are out there that a patent agent or patent attorney would know about, that people who are just coming from the science is very smart. That's tricky, right? It's doable. Ooh, that is a tricky one. Joe, any additional qualities you think help people be successful in this role? Yeah, I would like to add a little bit on top of what Linda and Michael say. One of the most important traits I think it's help people to succeed as a patent agent is to be open-minded and willing to learn. Because when you become a patent agent, you're not only exposed to laws, IP-related law, and also you're exposed to all technologies and science. Right? That is, as I mentioned before, is an advantage, but also is a challenge for you because you need to handle all kinds of new stuff. Maybe your background is a little bit biology, but you may be handling some biochemistry stuff or biology plus computer science, a little bit of those stuff. Just be open-minded and from time to time, you may need to jump out of your comfort zone to deal with new things. I believe learning never stops at school, but also continue on your job. So just be patient and try to continue to learn like a new way of thinking and new way of new technology and new science as well. Oh, yeah. I think a love of learning and a willingness to learn is definitely key because having all the technical background helps you understand what the inventions are and it helps you understand what was known before the invention was made and all of that. And it's extremely important. The technical knowledge is very important for the role, but that's only one piece of that role, right? The rest of it with the intellectual property, the IP, and the rules and everything else that Around that is a lot. It's a lot to learn. Taking the patent bar certainly helps, but the practical aspects day to day is something that it's a lot more to learn. And it's one of those things where you're going to be working on that for a while. I've been doing this for a long time. 
I still learn aspects of patent law all the time. It's a complicated gig, and, of course, we help prosecute these things worldwide. I just wanted to add one more skill, actually, which a lot of scientists already have, which is time management. And the reason why this is important is, as a patent agent or a patent associate, you're usually working with a number of different partners. So you might work on different clients that different partners or associates have brought in. So there's always going to be a lot of deadlines. Some things are urgent, some things are less urgent, and the different partners not necessarily know how much work you're doing for different partners. So there's a lot of kind of balls that need to be juggled at any given time. And it's important to manage expectation and kind of you structure your workday in a way that you get everything done, you get the important things done, you have a little bit of a buffer for something that comes in and that's very urgent because the client might have a very urgent need. For example, they are a university client and one of their professors is going to present at a research conference and the professor hasn't told the tech transfer office at the university that they're going to do this and they're on the plane to the conference and they will be presenting at four in the afternoon and they're presenting all this great work that a patent application should have been filed on. <laughs> so then we have to put together a patent application that can be filed the same day to preserve the priority date. So there's sometimes something urgent that comes up. But if, you know, somebody is already a scientist, then you run your PCR. And in the same time, while the PCR is running, you're already prepping your Western and you're doing something else, preparing samples. And you stagger your workday in a way that you get the most amount of things done. If that sounds familiar, the work of a patent agent will be, you'll be very well suited for that. Agreed. Absolutely. Time management is an important aspect for sure. I guess we'll wrap up with this last question. Any advice that you have for people who are listening and want to become patent agents? Michael? I've oftentimes felt that, not exclusively, but especially people in graduate school, oftentimes were not really clued into alternative careers other than, again, you know, or, or research. And I think the skills that you develop in getting a master's or a PhD in a technical discipline, very much transfer to the patent arena. But it's a question of having the confidence to make that jump. So I guess the thing I would say is for those who may be listening to this, who are in graduate school contemplating a potential career switch, be confident that this is a career that you already have the skills for. And it's just a matter of getting that first job, getting up to speed. But I think you can find it a very engaging and rewarding career. How about though? Any yeah. advice for those who are thinking about being patent Yeah, I want to say that the IP practice is a career that will value your experience, not only your experience in science. Also, when you build up your experience in the law firm setting in the law, that experience is highly valuable. So that will carry on for many years to come. So that's very important because I've been through some merger and acquisition in pharma industry. Sometimes I would say, experience may not be highly valued. The IP, on the other hand, is really value your experience. Second advice I want to give you, if you are interested in switching career to IP, you may think about taking a patent bar before you join the law firm. Sometimes it's not required, but taking the patent bar and pass the patent bar, actually that will also increase your value for you to market to law firms. I totally agree. Certainly, if you're thinking of making that transition, taking the patent bar will give you a leg up when it comes to getting the job. Not that it's necessary. I hadn't taken the patent bar when I started working at a law firm, 
But it's certainly something that will make it a little easier. And you'll know whether you like the subject matter, digging into the nitty-gritty of patent law to prepare for the exam. Linda, anything else? Any advice for the aspiring patent agent? Absolutely. One of the things I always suggest, and it seems like both Michael and I have done that, is if there is a possibility to intern at your technology transfer office at your institution. And the reason why you really get a hands-on experience of what the type of work is, obviously not doing necessarily patent prosecution, but you get a lot of exposure to patent documents, to invention disclosures, to the way people think about patent law. And so that really can give you a lot of guidance as to that career path is something you want to pursue or not. And oftentimes, you can also work with your advisor in the tech transfer office to find a solution for you to make that happen. So, for example, in my instance, I interned at the tech transfer office while I was a postdoc, and so I was doing additional work in the lab on Saturday. And I told my advisor, if I ever slack on the scientific component, we can revisit this discussion. But that was an arrangement that worked out really well for me because I was a postdoc and I got the experience at the tech transfer office. Another one you can do is just if your tech transfer office doesn't have that option or if they require you to be there five days a week or something like that and you cannot make that happen, download a patent and read it from front to back. And then, you know, ask yourself, do I have rage and murder everybody or am I asleep? Or do you think, ah, that's actually interesting, but I would suggest some corrections to paragraph three or that could have been clearer. Just read a patent application and see how you feel about it, if that's a subject matter you might be actually interested in. And I, I do second Joe's comments about the patent bar. The patent bar is more of a formality in a sense. Of course, you have to be admitted to the patent office to practice, but a lot of the nitty-gritty detail of the filing is at least at Fox done by the paralegals. But it is really this entry gate into the profession. And if you apply for jobs at law firms, they always see it favorably that you have passed the patent bar because you have shown some dedication to the cause, but also they can bill you out at a higher rate. While you're in school, you have the most amount of time and you can stretch this out. I only studied on the weekend for maybe three months or something like that. There's programs you can use to do that and prepare for that. It's relatively straightforward. And the patent bar is forever, opposed to if you are admitted as an attorney, you have to do continuing legal education, but the patent bar you can keep forever. It's federal law and not state law. So it's something that you take your patent office registration, regardless of where you live in the United States, you don't have to re-register or take a new exam in another state. That's another geographic flexibility aspect of the career. One practical thing, because I talk to a lot of graduate students, and it's a question that always comes up, is if you decide, and this goes for almost all alternative careers, if you decide you want to get out of academia, get out. Do not wait. In most cases, whatever company or firm you're going to work for, they do not care if you have finished this last paper. I hear this all the time that people are working on projects, and of course, they have grown dear to their hearts, and they think, if I just get this last science paper out, my employment chances will be so much higher. And at least in the patent realm, it's just not true. If you have certain credentials, sure, that will be looked at. But the idea is not that you are really specialized in one field. As a patent agent, you will deal with a lot of different technologies that come from different areas. Rather than getting the last paper out, if somebody's going to hire you, just take that job. And I will caution people, if you do download a patent and read it, some of them are harder to get through than others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like any other kind of technical writing. Somebody who writes well 
will write a good technical yeah. document. And someone who, Absolutely. who writes more poorly, it'll become a more difficult document. It's always a pleasure to yeah. read a well-organized, you know, cogent document that regardless of the level of technical complexity, and again, that is also one of the most satisfying aspects, I think, of the career, when you've taken something that maybe at first blush was relatively complicated, and you've managed to turn that into a document that's accessible and readable and really reflects the technology well without uh, getting bogged down in minutia or other things that would potentially uh, bar uh, understanding. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my favorite things is taking these highly technical, complicated inventions and making them accessible so that the patent is something that's readable because it has to go to an audience where it's understood by the examiner, but also investors who might look at it. And ultimately, if the patent is litigated, the finders of fact have to also be able to understand it and to a certain extent have it explained to them. Last thing I'll do as far as if you're seeking to become a patent agent is reach out. Reach out. I know anyone who's on this call would love to hear from you and answer any questions you have. We're all on the Fox Rothschild website, so reach out to me, reach out to one of my colleagues, and ask a question if you want. That's totally fine. I'm happy to talk to scientists and help them on their path, as are my colleagues. So I think we can wrap it up there. Thank you all so much for joining the panel and having this discussion. Michael Matoni, Joe Chen, Linda Foyt, uh, Michael Glenn, we're all here at Fox Rothschilds.